It's another Micro Action Monday on Studio Class. Ooh, divas. Okay, we're going to talk about some stuff today. Yes. All right. So some of you may know this, but I went through a period of really intense burnout in 2017. And I... I picked up a lot of the strategies that I share now these days because of what I felt like was me clawing my way out of that place of burnout. And if you haven't experienced that, I really just don't ever want that for you, right? Uh, you know, my, my experience with burnout was this incredible, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into it. This probably should have been in our like micro series about, you know, self-worth and stuff, but here it is. Anyway, uh, you know, I, it started out feeling just like off for a little while. And then, then there was like this, this just dark cloud that was part of everything. And I had this intense kind of feeling of you're not enough. Nothing you do matters, you know, but don't tell anybody about it because they won't trust you to work on whatever it is they're asking you to work on. And, and because of my, you know, Midwestern Protestant work ethic type of stuff, I, I tried everything I knew at the moment, you know, so like I stopped drinking, I worked out, I ate lots of vegetables, I practiced self-care and I, and I just threw myself into work because, you know, that, that Midwestern side of me is like, if you're feeling if you're feeling distressed, just work harder, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is that it wasn't working. And, and that dark cloud was getting darker. And the fog was kind of creeping into everything. It just, um, it was creeping into practicing and performing and teaching. And it was making it difficult to uh, actually, you know, this, this whole podcast, like, I think you'll bump into if you go back far enough, you'll, there is a specific moment where, I am working on a, a mini, mini series and, and then it just stops, right? Because that, that part of this podcast was, was getting eaten up by, by this burnout. And, and I, you know, I, I just like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't possibly be burned out. My identity is built around being productive, right? <laughs> I'm a person who gets things done. And the thing was, is that I wasn't getting stuff done. I, I wasn't being productive in the way that I wanted to. And I needed to find myself again. And, and it was, it was scary. But I hope that some of the things that I've found and some of the things that I've shared here uh, have been helpful to you. Because I really mean that they saved my life. So when, when I share this, you know, um, for today's microaction is about a goal, goal setting exercise. And I know, I know goal setting exercises and people are like, really? Oh my gosh, Nobel Prize winning theory, setting goals. How amazing, right? I'm trying to tell you that it was. <laughs> so um, that I... I had gotten stuck in the minutia of getting things done, checking things off of a list and getting stuck in small tasks without a big vision kept me so incredibly busy, but I wasn't accomplishing a lot. And burnout was my way of figuring out that I needed to make a change. So 
uh, one of the things that kind of helped me or think about this was was an episode of Tim Ferriss, uh, Tim Ferriss's show where he where he interviewed Debbie Millman, and she describes this exercise that she calls the your ten year plan for a remarkable life, and she says that she completed this, you know, in a very early class session with Milton Glaser, who who you know is this incredible mentor to to her and to many people, but he asked his students to write a detailed description that lists what their life would look like 10 years from now. And then he also had instructed them to read their list, read their essay every year. And so Milman in this episode uh, remarked or remembered finding her, finding her essay many, many years later because she was moving house, right? She's going through all of the things that she owns. She's moving house. She finds this, this essay, this list, and she realized how many things that she had written in this early, you know, this early, early class that actually had happened in her life. So when, when I'm telling you that this goal setting exercise was, was transformative for me, this is the idea of where it's coming from. It's, this isn't an effort to throw everything at it so that you can reclaim that big vision in your life and not get stuck in just mindless task, checking off the list kind of stuff. And so the way that I do that is I have you work backwards from major milestones. Uh, Lots of my clients and I do this exercise together. And so we actually start 20 years in the future, right? I I want you to envision yourself 20 years from now. This is the part when people read read about this goal setting exercise. And they're like, I have no idea. Like the 20 years in the future part is, is usually the one where people think it's the hardest, right? So I really want you to think about, you know, 20 years from now. And I want you to write out a list of seemingly impossible goals. Think as big as you possibly can really just allow yourself to dream. So, like something that if somebody saw this list, they'd be like, the audacity, right? Like I want them, I want you to look at that list and be like, <laughs> like how could I, how could I possibly, like who do I think I am? That's what I want you to think. When you see your 20 year list, I want you to be like, who the hell do I think I am? Because that's, that's what's up. I want, and so I'm not trying to tell you that it can only be big goals, but they have to be big to you right? They have to be seemingly impossible goals to you, right? I want those at the 20 year mark. I want you to make a list of all of those things. And then I want, like, I I want you to ask yourself, like, who do you want to be? Think about like career, but think about, you know, your family, think about your health, think about your, you know, your faith practice, if that's something that you have, right? Think about, think about, you know, where am I in the trajectory of my, my career, like generalist, specialist, expert authority. And then, and then as you've, as you've really like fleshed out that 20 year area, I want you to think about like, what's 10 years before that, right? The 10, the space between your 10 year goals and your 20 year goals is the difference between your goals as an expert in the field and your goals as an authority figure in the field. And so an expert has a solid track record in handling complex, high risk, high reward projects and usually works with industry leading clients. So let this help you brainstorm 
goals that have to do with complex projects, that have to do with industry-leading collaborators, right? And then the authority level, you know, re receiving honors, receiving awards by professional peers for contribution to thought leadership, this could help you brainstorm goals for yourself that would, you know, something that like, ask yourself, what would fundamentally change our industry that I, that I could be a part of, right? And, and I want you to think about, you know, the, the 10 year, the 10 year goals as being leading to those 20 year goals, right? What is, what is that halfway point? And then really, when we're thinking about halfway points, then I really want you to think about that five to six year point on the goal timeline. And when I workshop this with, with clients, when I workshop this with like participants, we try to pinpoint the halfway milestones to big goals. So for example, I'll have some students suggest that they want to win a Grammy and, and we'll often discuss that it's, you know, it's more likely to be considered for a Grammy when you have a decent amount of recording experience in your history. But recording regularly doesn't just make you magically ready to like take home that hardware, right? Some of the things we also discuss include, you know, writing and playing works about things that you're deeply passionate about, increasing your technical skills to be recording ready, finding a recording engineer you trust, working with a label, becoming a voting member, getting sponsored, you know, programming with a strong vision. And all of that, all of that takes, takes the work, like the doing a lot of work and refining and getting better. So, so your five to six year point, you know, might be having albums that are recognized, you know, in leading national publications so that you can also be considered for a Grammy nomination, right? And, and then that like, maybe your 20 year goal, you know, is to have five Grammy awards. I don't know, whatever it is. But the idea being that, that I want you to I, I want you to think about like, what, what is along the path to getting to that, right? And then two year goal actualization, I call it actualization. It's a very intense way of thinking about it. But uh, you can take, honestly, you can take as many business of music courses as your heart desires, but nothing will be useful to you, unless you know the trajectory you want to take. Okay. If you are working somebody else's plan instead of working your own plan, hello burnout. If you were working somebody else's plan instead of working your plan, you are not, you're not going to magically end up at your goals. Okay. So our two year goals are where the rubber meets the road, whatever, you know, whatever your favorite idiom is here. And this is how your five to six year goals like start to look a little bit more realistic or timely to you. Right. And so Two-year goals are where motivation really starts to kick back in because I have usually because for me, I've like scared the like the crap out of myself with these wildly ambitious goals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what does it even take to get there? Right. And I really want you to be thinking about, you know, whatever that big goal is, what are what are the verbs? What are the actions that you would take? regularly so that you can be considered, you know, that you're going to show up in those spaces for where those honors are bestowed. Okay. You can't, 
avoid learning about the recording industry if you want to be considered for a Grammy. Like that's just, it doesn't magically happen. (laughs) So, okay, outline your two-year goals in alignment with your overarching, like who do you think you are goals, right? Because this is where we're really talking about, about, you know, what's, We've broken it down even farther, right? Halfway to that five year, halfway to that six year stuff. And then finally, we're coming down to like our nitty gritty stuff. I was giving a a workshop the other day, a virtual workshop, and we talked about this part of the exercise. And I asked, I asked these students if they knew any, if they had ever come into contact with the phrase KPIs or key performance indicators before. And that's really what I'm trying to get at with this, these quarterly goals in the two year time period, which is, which is, I want you to take like, take out your journal, take out a piece of paper and sketch out the quarters between now and your two year goals, like quarters being, you know, July to October, October, you know, what is this? July to the end of September, October to the end of December, January to the end of March and April to the end of June, right? So you've got these quarters of the year, And in each one of those quadrants, you're giving yourself a handful of assignments that you know are going to help you achieve your two-year goals that you wrote down. So if you remember our students who wanted to win Grammy Awards, then maybe their quarterly goals are, you know, like do an internship with a recording studio to learn about the process. I don't know, make a professional studio recording of specific, you know, of of repertoire that you feel really passionately about, right? Network with audio video recording professionals to learn more about who to have on your recording team in the future. Record every practice session to get used to listening to yourself on recordings, right? Make a plan to post new recordings after your listening sessions. Do an editing session, either like sit in on somebody's editing session with, with friends or mentors or do your own editing session, right? So that you get really used to being super efficient in a recording studio. And then, you know, maybe you're asking friends for advice or working with labels or working with producers, etc. Coming back to what I was saying about KPIs is that key performance indicators are just what you're going to measure, right? These are your metrics. What am I going to measure in each quarter that helps me feel like I'm moving towards those goals, right? So taking a look at those those verbs that we talked about, right? Record every practice session, sit in on an editing session, uh, you know, listen to your own recordings, schedule a professional record like professional studio recording. If you think about those, right, you can plot, like you can plot uh, schedule a professional studio recording. Like maybe you do that annually. Maybe you record every practice session, right? Every quarter you want to have at least 15, I don't know, you pick the number, 15 practice recordings that you've listened to so that you are just, you're desensitizing yourself to that feeling of like, oh, I hate listening to myself on recordings. Doesn't matter. Guess what? (laughs) You know, you got to do it. And so, I want you to realize that none of these quarterly goals, none of these KPIs really seem that 
overwhelmingly difficult or challenging when you write them out. That's the point is I want you to break them down to such an extent that they, that your quarterly goals with metrics don't seem particularly difficult or challenging. If they still seem overwhelmingly challenging, we got to break them down even more, right? Woo-woo! I want to take a heartfelt moment to thank Sarah and Josh for being part of the Sybaritic Camerata Listening Circle on Patreon. They're helping bring you this episode right now! <laughs> if you'd like to join them, head on over to patreon.com slash That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. Now, let's get back to the show. And I'm sure you can think back to a time where you were dragging your feet because you just didn't know where to start on something. Oh my God, I was having this feeling like the other day. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, blessings upon you. But if you, <laughs> if you are like me and sometimes you get overwhelmed because you just don't know where to start on a big project, you had the goal in mind, but you didn't know how to strategically plan it out, then then you were missing the micro actions. You got to break it down just a little bit more. Okay, I know this is this is a super long micro action Monday like episode, but stick with me, folks. I I have one more thing that I want to say about this exercise, and and before we do that, you know I would love to do this exercise with you. So if you are looking for a coach in your life, if this really speaks to you and you want a teammate to go over these things with, you know, honey, get, get in touch with me. Like, I am here for this. That's what I do. In addition to singing, you know, performing, recording, all that stuff, is that I help people with big questions like this, right? Because I've been there, and I want to make sure that you aren't in that, like, dark cloud space with your career, with your life, right? So, okay, you you know my feelings on that, but, <laughs> like... <laughs> The last thing that I want to say is head back to the 20-year section of this 20-year goal planning exercise and take a look at those. And you probably wrote things, you know, that might be achievement-based, right? They might be external validation-based. And and that's totally fine. That's that They're supposed to be there like that. But I do want you to take a look at each one of those and attach it to a feeling or an emotion that you'd be experiencing. Like, I want to win a Grammy Award because I want to be recognized as a distinctive and singular voice working at a high level in my industry. I want to be a New York Times bestseller because I want to be able to impact, you know, I want to be able to emotionally connect with people and I want to feel the impact that I'm making on thousands of people And so does that make sense where I'm going with that is connect each one of those big goals to the feeling and the emotion that you want to be experiencing in your life. It'll make it that much more powerful. And yeah, divas, busyness is no longer my currency. Uh, It is a thing that I am working on every single day, which is, is trying to trying to separate myself from my own validation by being super busy. That's not, that's not who I want to be known for. There are so, so many bigger things I want to be known for in this life than, wow, she was really busy. <laughs> like, 
oh no so so many things I would rather be known for and and I you know and I want to be known for an impact and I want to be known for a transformation and so I cannot I can't stay in that burned out place and I don't want you to stay there either so let's commit to the big vision let's commit to each other let's commit to breaking down those big visions into really important tasks and not just busy work. Divas, I love you so much. If you are in that burned out place, if you are in that dark cloud place, hang on. Throw everything you can at getting out of it. I know it's hard and I know that there are more sparkly times in front of you, right? They are not only in your past. So with that, Stay sparkly inside and out, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me for Micro Action Monday. Again, I'm Megan Enan, and you can find me on all the socials at Mezzo Enan. That's I-H-N-E-N. Did you know that studio class is part of the Sybaritic Singer? It is. And if you liked this episode, you're going to love my 29 Days to Diva series. That's on SybariticSinger.com. And if you liked this episode, will you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast? Thanks. It means a lot to me.